You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, let's take our Bible and turn to Luke chapter 10 as we start our study on the fallen angels. Luke chapter 10, I want to pick up with verse 17. I'll read through verse 20. We'll have a word of prayer and then we'll dive into our lesson here tonight. You ready to study the Bible? Oh, that was a poor amen. You ready to study the Bible tonight? Amen. All right. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 10. Remember that when the Lord Jesus sent out individuals to preach the gospel, he sent them out two by two. And for just support and encouragement, he sends them out. And at one time he sent 70 out at one event. And a little bit later they come back to give a report of their evangelistic endeavors. And it says here in verse 17, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. We'll look at that again tonight. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. Satan, the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits, these evil spirits, are subject unto you. But rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. Better than having demons subject to us is knowing that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that we are on our way to heaven. In that we rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you here this evening and ask you to bless the uh, lesson that we're about to teach here from your word uh, concerning the fallen angels. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I have 91 slides tonight. Don't gasp, okay? We're going to do some speed reading this evening. And in a lot of these slides, I'm going to put up the scriptures, but I'll only refer to a portion of the scriptures just for the sake of time. Now, you know, to get through 91 slides, we really have to be moving along here. But I think you all know this verse. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. We're talking about evil spirits here. We're talking about fallen angels. We're talking about devils. We're talking about demons. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. Remember, a principality means a prince over palities with power. We're going to look at the, the, the power, the strength of these evil spirits here tonight. So we wrestle not against principalities, against powers, another term related to the evil spirits, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. This world, darkness, the dark side is where we're going tonight. The Bible says men love, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. We're to be children of the light, not of the darkness. So rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness. These spirits that we're going to look at tonight, these fallen angels, church, listen to me, they are wicked. 
You know, we don't call wickedness wickedness anymore, do we? When was the last time you heard a sin labeled as wicked? We just don't see that. These evil spirits are absolutely the personification of wickedness itself. And the Bible says it's against these principalities, these evil fallen spirits. It's against these powers. It's against these rulers of darkness, these very powerful spirit beings that we are in a wrestling match with. And yet, praise be to God that even the demons are subject to us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? All right, so let's get studying these evil spirits here tonight. And again, tonight will just be an introduction to our study of the fallen angels. <clears throat> the Bible says, nay, and what's the next word? All. What? All. All things we are more than conquerors. Even the demons are subject to us in thy name. In all things we are more than conquerors. And notice what he mentions here. He mentions what? Angels. What kind of angels is he talking about? He's talking about the fallen angels. Okay, he's talking about the evil spirits. He's talking about the devils there, the principalities, the powers, the ruler, rulers of darkness. He said, nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then he mentions a few by name. He mentions angels, these fallen angels, principalities and powers. Thank God that we have authority through Christ over these evil spirits. You do not need to be afraid of the fallen angels. Give me an The Bible says, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his, what kind of angels were those? Those were the good angels. Fought against the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan. And the dragon fought and his angels. What kind of angels are these? These are evil angels or fallen angels. So we got the good angels and we got the evil angels. We got them fighting against one another here in Revelation chapter 12. And that uh, uh, great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Isn't that an amazing statement? He deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his what? Angels. These evil angels, these evil spirits were cast out with him. So the Bible very clearly states that Satan was one of these fallen angels, or could we say he was the first fallen angel? Now, for some of you, this is going to be a review over when we studied the doctrine of Satan here several weeks ago. So let's look at Satan, the fallen angel. There are two main passages of scripture, one in Ezekiel and one in Isaiah, that talk about Satan's origin his creation, and then also his fall. And so let's look at Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 12 through verse 19. I have all the verses right up here for you. If you want to look it up in your Bible, go ahead. But it begins by saying this, Son of man, Spirit of God speaking here, he said, Son of man, take up lamentations upon the king of Tyrus. Now if you look at the context here, the king of Tyrus is a reference to Satan himself. That spirit being that was behind the literal physical king of Tyrus, controlling him. Take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in what? 
So in Satan's original creation, he was completely full of wisdom given to him by God, and he was an absolutely outstanding, beautiful creation of God. To me, it would be that when you would see Satan, you'd just stand back and go, wow, isn't he pretty? Uh, We were watching President Trump over in uh, China. He was getting off the plane, and uh, Mrs. Trump was by his side, and my girl said, she is so pretty. Perfect in beauty. To me, there was no creature that God created that was more beautiful than Satan himself. Of course, at this time, we know he had a different name, and we'll get to that in a minute. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Before his temptation of Eve, there in the garden of Eden, he was there. The Bible said, Every precious stone, this talks about this beauty that he had in his very being. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardust, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, and the sapphire, and the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold. Wow! You know how a lady who's uh, wearing her engagement ring has that crooked hand (laughs) that wants everyone to see that rock that she's wearing. To me, it's, it's like Satan, this beautiful... I mean, from the top of his head to the sole of his foot, he was decked out with all of these gems. It says, The workmanship of thy talibrets and of thy pipes. Now we find him not only beautiful in his creation, God made him that way, we find that he was musical, that within his very being were musical instruments. The workmanship of thy talibrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee. God made him musical. Was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Why did God make him musical? Because he was the anointed cherub. He was the one that was in... He was the choir director of heaven. He was the one in charge of bringing praise and honor and glory to God through music. But just stop and think about this as a side note. If he was so greatly skilled in music, what do you think he's going to use today to turn men's hearts away from God, away from true worship? Just makes sense that he would continue to use that which he was skilled in. I was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Then it says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Not just a musical being, but the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. And so we know there upon the Ark of the Covenant there were two cherubims, and their wings covered the Ark of the Covenant, in which was the testimony of God. Aaron's rod that budded, but, but the holiness of God was there where that ark, uh, the ark of the Covenant was in the most holy of holies. So remember what the cherubims and seraphims were doing as they were flying around the throne? What were they singing? Say it with me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So here Satan in some way was that protector of the holiness of God, and to think he would be the very first one that would violate that. Beautiful, outstanding with musical ability, covering the holiness of God. It says, that was upon the mountain of God, right there from where God ruled, close to God. That was upon the mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the 
stones of the fire. Thou wast what? Perfect. In what ways was he perfect? All of his ways. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity. I want you all to understand something. There's a difference between just sin in general and when the Bible talks about being iniquitous, it's talking about a direct violation of the law of God. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It's an iniquitous sin to knowingly violate the commandments of God. So Satan knowingly violated. Matter of fact, in a moment we're going to find out how he defiled the sanctuary. Thou was perfect in all thy ways until the day that thou was created, until iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with what? Violence. All the violence that we're seeing in the world today, where does that come from? Where did this evil come from Sunday when this shooter went into the First Baptist Church and killed 26 people? Where did it come from? Right here. It's filled thee with violence. And thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane. He's a profane individual. I will conf- cast thee as a profane out of the mount of God. I will destroy thee. Now notice that's in the future tense. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of the fire. My judgment is going to come down on you and come down hard. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, again future, that they may Behold thee. His judgment day is what? His judgment day is coming. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. Listen, is Satan still trying to defile the sanctuaries today? This is a sanctuary. This is a place where God meets with man. This is a holy place. And Satan still today is trying to defile the sanctuaries. I want to tell you something, he's doing a good job. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole what? Leavens the whole lump. You are a sanctuary of God. You are the temple of God. When you are saved and indwelt by the Spirit of God, you you are now the temple of the living God. God dwelleth within you. And Satan is trying to defile, listen, he is trying to defile your life through deception and temptation. Because his ultimate goal is to steal glory from God. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude, kind of like you can't even count them all, of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. He's he's trafficking in iniquity. Therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that... Hold thee, and they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. Is Satan a terror right now? You bet he is. But there's coming a time where, praise God, he's going to be cast into the lake of fire forever. 
Judgment Day is coming for Satan. And Judgment Day is coming for you and me. You better make sure you're saved. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 tells us about this Judgment Day for Satan. And the devil that deceiveth them, who is he deceived? The whole world. The devil that deceiveth them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Who's the beast? Antichrist. Okay? Listen, every one of you should immediately have said Antichrist. You should have known that from our study of the Revelation. The beast is the Antichrist. Then he has also a false prophet, the leader of the apostate church. And we identified that church as we studied the book of the Revelation. Now, here, here's what you need to understand. It was a thousand years before Satan is cast into the lake of fire that the beast and the false prophet were cast into the lake of fire. So what does that tell you about hell? It's not a place of annihilation. A thousand years later, they're still there. That's why I said Sunday, someone that says who's an unbeliever, and really understands the reality of judgment that they face, that hell is coming for them and says, you know what, I'm not afraid to die. They're either lying or they're foolish. Because every unbeliever who understands what awaits them in the day of judgment when their name is not found in the book of life and they are cast into the lake of fire, certainly would fear death. So Satan's original fall is not only recorded for us in the book of Ezekiel, it's also recorded for us here in Isaiah chapter 14. A lot of similarities here, but there's some things that are different here about his origin and fall. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? What does Lucifer mean? That's his original name. Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cast down to the ground? Well, we just talked about that in Ezekiel which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation, the sides of the north, that's where, from where God ruled, I will take God's place. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, that Shekinah glory of God, I will be like the Most High. What was the original sin here? Right. What does all sin stem from? Pride. Selfishness. A focus on self. So let's break these verses down. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? And Jesus said, and I saw, and I beheld, and I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. This was the text that we read as we began. A fallen creature. What caused him to fall? His pride and his iniquity. Thy heart has been lifted up. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12 that when he fell, being this great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, that this... Uh, Dragon drew a third of the stars of heaven with him when he fell. Now remember through our study of the good angels, stars often refer to what? Angelic beings. 
So one-third of all of the angels fell when Satan fell. Now that is an amazing statistic when you consider the Bible says that there are innumerable number of angels. And one-third of them fell with Satan, followed him in his rebellion and in his pride and in his trafficking of iniquity. How he was able to convince them to do that, I don't know, but look how he convinces believers today to sin. He's very good at it. So one-third followed him, and this is found in several passages of Scripture. Uh, You can look them up. These are what we would refer to today as the fallen angels or devils. His name originally was what? Lucifer, which means shining one. The light bearer, because of how beautiful he was. a very glorious being. It says, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of what? He's still trying to be that way. He's fallen, he's no longer that way, but he tries to be that angel of light to deceive individuals. It says, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Does Satan operate in the political realm of world government? You stop and think about, I mean, we're just talking about our country. The corruption that is in Washington, is, it's absolutely startling when you hear about it. Isn't it? But you know what? We've all just kind of accepted that corruption as what? That's just politics. That's just normal. And to think that we can keep voting people who are so corrupt into political office. Tells you who's behind all of that, doesn't it? He weakens the nations. The Bible said, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, he's darkness, he's a dark side, lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of Christ, should shine into this. The last thing that this king of darkness wants to have happen is for the light of the gospel to shine into people's hearts. He wants them to stay veiled in the darkness of their sin. It says, For thou hast said in thine heart, and these are the five I wills of Satan. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars, the angels of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, the sides of the north. He said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And the Lord Jesus said, Absolutely, no, you won't. And in that day, Jesus said, I saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven. His fall was that quick. As we continue on in Isaiah chapter 14, it says, Yet shall thou be brought down to where? To hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man? Really? Is this the man? that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? Doesn't look so powerful now, does he? That made the worlds a wilderness and destroyed the cities, destroyed the cities with his trafficking of iniquity? Go to cities today. My belief is God never intended us to live in cities. 
Cities were a creation of man, were not a creation of God. God scattered them when they tried to build the Tower of Babel. So you look at cities today and you see the sin and the wickedness that's in the cities. Look at, look at who the cities vote for. Hello? Look what the rural communities vote for. You have your liberals in the cities. You have your conservatives in where? The rural area, in the majority of the country. That's why when voting takes place, you'll see just a little blue here, a little blue there. You'll see red everywhere else, but sometimes the blue gets elected. God never intended us to live in that type of close proximity to each other because sin produces sin. Is this the man that destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of prisoners? Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me, let me tell you something. He loves to see our prisons full of people. And you want to know how wicked our prisons are? Talk to, talk to our prison guard here. Greg, it's not a place we want to be, is it? You listen to me, church. Satan is real. And he's got one-third of the fallen angels to do his bidding. And I love this statement. There's coming a day when never shalt thou be anymore. Give me a great big amen. <laughs> what a glorious day that that's going to be. Throughout Scripture, remember, Satan is that original fallen angel. That original evil angel. And I'm telling you, I could preach a series on this right here. But there's many names that are given to Satan that really helps us identify who he is and how he operates. So let's go through these. He is called Satan, which means the adversary, used some 52 times. He is called the devil, which means a slanderer, which is used 35 times. He's called the prince and the power of the air, the god of this age, the king of death. He's called the prince of this world. He's called the ruler of darkness. He's called Leviathan, the one who dwells in the sea of humanity. He is called Lucifer, the light bearer, the shining. He is called the roaring lion. He is called Abaddon, which means destroyer. A question was asked to me last week, and I told the person, I said, well, just hang on because I'm going to cover it this week, but they're not here. He's called the angel of the bottomless pit. We're going to talk about Abaddon. We're going to talk about the angel of the bottomless pit here in just a couple minutes. He's called the king of the bottomless pit. He's called the anointed cherub. He's called the evil one. He's called the father of lies, the lawless one, the old serpent, our adversary. He's called the thief, and he's called a murderer. He's called the dragon. He's called the deceiver, Apollyon, the destroyer. He's called Beelzebub, the prince of demons. He's called Belial, the vile or ruthless one. He's called the wicked one. He's called the tempter. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called an angel of light. He's called a liar. He's called the enemy. I kind of like those pictures that I have up there because there we find him being cast out of heaven. There we find him being chained and cast in the bottomless pit. And on the final one, that old roaring lion is cast into the lake of fire. I love it. 
The Bible said, you are God's little children and have overcome them. You want to get this down? Demons are subject to us in thy name because greater is he that is in you, say it with me, than he that is in the world. Who have we just identified as the he that is in the world? Satan. Praise God for the indwelling presence. Fallen angels are also given names. Satan had many of them. Fallen angels are given names as well in the scriptures. In Revelation chapter 9, remember in the Revelation we have the seal, the trumpet, we have the thunder, and we have the bold judgments. 28 judgments in all recorded for us in the book of the Revelation. And the thunder judgments, they're so severe that they're not, it's not even told us what those judgments are. God didn't even reveal them, just said that there's seven of them. But under the trumpet judgments, <clears throat> let's see what it says here. And the fifth angel sounded with the blowing of the trumpet by, these are the good angel here, by the blowing of the trumpet of the good angels, uh, another judgment comes. It said, and I saw a star fall from what? Heaven. Now, stars often refer to angels. We're not talking about a shooting star here. Okay? Let's identify who this star is. person that asked me a question last Wednesday night didn't see this star as being Satan. I said, no, that's Satan. He said, I was listening to a YouTube preacher, and he said this star was not Satan, but it was another angel. We're going to get to those YouTube preachers tonight. All right? Watch out for the YouTube preachers. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given, say this with me, say it with me, because some of you are falling asleep. Ready? To him was given what? The key to the bottomless pit was given to this star, this angel that fell from heaven. Now, what does the Bible say about this star that fell from heaven? Well, we've already read the verses. I beheld it, Satan, as lightning, what? Fall from heaven. You compare scripture with scripture. How art thou what? Fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. There's no mistaking, this is not just some ordinary angel that has the key to the bottomless pit. This is Satan himself that possesses this key. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose smoke out of the pit as a smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke. Now this is going to happen during the tribulation period. Hallelujah, we're not going to be here. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. Now these locusts that are coming out of this bottomless... Come here, stay awake with me. These locusts that are coming out of the bottomless pit are demon creatures. Are fallen angels coming out of the bottomless pit. Like locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power as scorpions of the earth have power. So the sun is darkened by the smoke that comes out of the pit as Satan unlocks the bottomless pit with his key. And if you look at this picture, if you look closely, you can see the key that's in Satan's hand. The bottomless pit has been opened and all these demon creatures come out of this bottomless pit upon the earth. This bottomless pit is also called the abyss. 
I want to say something to you here. If you're here tonight and you're not, and you're not saved, you've never trusted Christ your Savior, repented of your sin, and embraced the cross. If the trumpet were to sound tonight and the rapture were to happen, I'm going to tell you, I mean, if it were to happen right now, most of us would be out of here. All you would see sitting there in these chairs would be clothes and a pool of blood. Yeah, maybe your glasses if you wear glasses. For some of you, your false teeth. What a sight that would be. And you know what happened? You're going to find yourself in the tribulation. And when this bottomless pit is open, you better run for your life. When these demon creatures come out of this pit. This is just one of the judgments, 28 judgments. The place where demons dread to go. Remember the demons that were, we're going to get to the demoniac tonight. Remember the demons that were in the demoniac? They were legion. Legion means 6,000. They said, do not cast us into the what? Don't cast us into the abyss. Don't put us in that bottomless pit. Put us over there in that herd of swine. It's a place where angels, which kept not their first estate. Remember those angels that cohabitated with women back in Genesis chapter 6? Of darkness waiting to the day of judgment. Location of the pit, the Bible says, is in the heart of the earth. It's in the center of the earth. It's in the lower part of the earth. Listen, in the center of this earth is a terrible, awful pit. And the shaft to the abyss it leads right down into that pit. This isn't science fiction, this is Bible. It says, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, back to Genesis chapter 6, the cohabitation with women, the Nephili that came from that cohabitation, but cast them down to hell or Tartus and delivered them into chains. This sin that these fallen angels committed was so egregious that God chained them and put them into this pit, this abyss. And there they have been chained. And it says this, they're reserved unto judgment. They're going to be used for judgment, and then their judgment will come as they're cast into the lake of fire. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners. Now this is, <clears throat> now I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know whether you're saved or lost. If we have enough time tonight, we're going to find out, you know what? The demons know whether you are saved or lost. They do. They know the reality of your conversion. I don't know whether you're saved or lost. Many that profess to be saved are not. They have a false profession. But if you die without Jesus Christ, Sunday, are you afraid to die? If you die without Jesus Christ, you're going straight to hell. And this is what the Bible describes, that reality of hell. It says, and they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the what? Pit. And shall be shut up in the prison. So there are these terrible, awful, burning pits of brimstone. 
and you are locked up. You are imprisoned in those pits. There's no way out. There's no escape. That's why when we looked at Mormonism on Sunday, do you remember that? How there's always that second chance, and someone will come along and open the prison doors and preach the gospel to you and give you a second chance to be saved. There is no second chance to be saved. Mormonism is a false religion. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You leave here tonight, listen to me, please. You leave here tonight, you're in a traffic accident, your life is taken, you're not saved, you're going to the pit. And that pit is right below our feet. It says, cast them down to hell with them that descend into the pit. You know, some people have said to me as I've shared this, well, I don't believe in that. You know what? Guess what? It don't make one bit of difference whether you believe it or not. Your lack of belief in it does not change the reality. I don't believe that nonsense. Well, I'll tell you this, one day you will. And let's just say this. Let's say I'm wrong. I haven't lost anything. I haven't lost anything. I'm living the blessed life. But you know something? If you're wrong, you've just lost everything. Forever. It says, a fire that is kindled in my anger. This is the wrath of God. That's why when the Bible talks about being saved, it's talking about being saved from the wrath of God, from the judgment of God. You see, hell is so bad because sin is so bad. And we don't see sin as bad. We dress it up. But it is an affront to a holy God. A fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn until the lowest hell, and they shall be burnt with hunger. Remember that. Rich man, Sunday, Lazarus dies, go to paradise, he dies, go to hell. What did he want? What did he long for? Just a drop of water to cool his tongue. There will be hunger. Could you imagine forever not being able to eat? Think of the delights that we have in food. How many of you like eating? Like, you know, I raise my, if I don't raise my hand, I'm lying. Is in the pudding right here. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how God has given us taste and how much we enjoy food and fellowship around the table? You know one of the first things it says about heaven? That he's going to gird himself and he's going to serve us in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Listen, there's, there's, no, there's no eating in heaven, in hell. And they shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. He said, I will also, this is, a, this is another amazing thing. He said, I will also send the teeth of beast. Now, wait a minute. What was down there in that pit that was released? Demon creatures. Like locusts. You die and go to hell be amongst demon creatures and this is what it says I will send also the teeth of beast upon them and the poison 
of serpents. Not only are you going to have to deal with the blackness of darkness forever. Now listen to me. There's nothing funny about this. Not only are you dealing with the blackness of darkness forever. Not only are you dealing with the fire of hell and the torments of hell. There are these terrible beasts. After Christ's death. Remember how he descended into the lower parts of the earth. He went down there. At this time, you had Abraham's bosom, and you had the place of torments. Hell or the place of torments. In between was a great gulf fix. Okay, so this is, this is let's make this side paradise. And let's make this side, sorry, torment. The Bible tells us that when the Lord Jesus Christ died, in between his death and resurrection, the Bible said he went down to the lower parts of the earth and he preached to these spirits that were in prison. What he preached is not told to us. I have no idea what his message was to them. I can assume, but we won't even go there. Because the Bible doesn't say. But he preached to the spirits that were in prison. And then, when he resurrected, he took all of you, all you believers. And he emptied Abraham's bosom. You see, before the death of Christ, sin was only atoned for, so you weren't quite fitted yet for heaven. Because there shall no wise enter into heaven anything that is defiled. But now that your sins are no longer atoned for, now your sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb, you're now fit, you're now redeemed. You now can be reconciled to God. Now to be absent from the body is not to go to paradise and be with Abraham, but is to be present with the Lord. The bottomless pit. Demon creatures come out of it like locusts. This angel that has the key to the bottomless pit has a couple names. He's called Apollyon, which means destroyer. At the shape of the locusts <clears throat> were like unto horses. Now watch this. This is what these, this is what these creatures look like. They're like unto horses prepared to battle. Their heads, uh, on their heads were crowns of gold. Their faces were as the face of men. They had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. And their sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. When you hear these things coming after you, you're going to be terrified. This is what they look like. As described for us in the book of the Revelation. They're like horses prepared for battle, ready to attack. Their crowns of gold talks about their power and their authority. Their faces of men, they are intelligent. We're going to see that, we're not even going to get there tonight, but, but demons are very intelligent beings. They have hair like women, which means they're seductive and ensnaring. Uh, they have teeth like lion, they're fierce, they're uh, cruel, they're devouring. It says they have breastplates of iron, they're indestructible. And you're not going to 
a battle against them, that's for sure. Their wings sound like many chariots rushing to battle, which is a terrifying experience if these demons are coming after you. And their tails are uh, like a scorpion. There's an extreme pain as their tails will sting you. Now this is what it says about this. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass, the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men who have not the seal of God upon their foreheads. So I guess we're going to have to come back to this next week, but they know the difference between saved and unsaved. They cannot, they, because during the tribulation, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come to faith in Christ. A lot of them. Multitudes will come to faith in Christ. And God will protect them. And so these, these demon creatures can't touch the elect. But they will go after the unsaved. It says that to them was a given they should uh, not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. So if you get stung by one of these demon creatures, that sting is as the sting of a scorpion, and it will torment you. There will be no relief from that for five whole months. Can I say something to you? Would you just get saved tonight? Just get saved tonight. What's stopping you from getting saved? You know Jesus died on the cross for you. You know he loves you and gave his life for you and resurrected for your salvation. Just trust him. Just repent of that old nasty sin that Satan has trafficked in your life with. And seek the forgiveness of God and he will forgive you. And you won't even have to worry about this day that's coming. And by, by, I think this day is very close coming. I mean, I'm so convinced the coming of the Lord Jesus is at hand. Here's another portrayal of what maybe some of these demon creatures might look like as they come out of the abyss. And they had tails like unto a scorpion, and their sting was in their tails, and they hurt men five months, and they had a king. This is what I want to tell you. They have a king. Satan does not share his kingship with anyone. Who is the king of the demons? That's why I'm telling you, you know, someone in our church watches a YouTube video, and this person says this is this... This is to Satan. So very clear. They had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Can't get any clearer than that, right? No scripture is of any private interpretation. You cannot take scripture and put your own interpretation to it. The scripture says what it says, and here it says who the king is and who the angel of the bottom of his pit is. It's that star from heaven. The Lord gives him another name. What, what, was, what was one of the names? Abaddon. And the other name was Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there cometh two woes more hereafter, more judgments are coming. So angels have names. Satan obviously had names. And uh, here comes those demon creatures out of that bottomless pit like locusts. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, Abaddon, and also the name what? 
Apollyon, which means destroyer. You don't want to be here. Okay. Five more minutes. My five minutes means ten. Okay. Because we got we got to get a, a, a good breaking point here. Because obviously I haven't put 91 slides up there yet, right? So we're going to have to come back to some of this next week. Now this is talking about when Jesus came in contact with the demoniac. When we say demoniac, what do we mean? Someone who had lost his mind because he was possessed by demons. Demoniac. The demoniac of Gadara. So he comes into contact, and they arrived in the country of the Gadar, which is over against Galilee. When he went forth uh, to the land, so he's in a ship, he comes to the land, there met him out of a certain, uh, out of a city, a certain man, which had devils. Now, there's one thing I, I, I mean, well, there's a lot of things that get me worked up. Okay? False doctrine gets me worked up. YouTube preachers get me worked up. We'll get to them next week. I won't get worked up over that tonight. Well, one thing that gets me worked up is when people attack my King James Bible. And I was just reading a man last week. If I mentioned his name, most of you would know who he is. Very well respected preacher. And he said this, every time this word is translated in the King James Version, it's a mistake. Listen to me, there is no mistakes in my Bible. My Bible is the preserved, perfect, infallible, inerrant word of God. So he said every time that word devils, it really should be demons. No, that's what they called demons then. They called them devils. Satan is the devil. These demons are devils. That is not a mistranslation. I like it better than demons myself. They are devils. Followers of the devil himself. So he comes in and he, this man is possessed by devils. Was possessed for a long time and wore no clothes. Hmm. Is that a little insight there? Come on now. We have the derobing of America today. Let's see how little we can put on. Who's behind that? If you only knew what happened in some of the marches that are taking place during Gay Pride Week. Open nudity in our cities. In these gay pride parades. Listen, that is of the devil. Sensuality is of the devil. So here's this man. No clothes. Neither abode in any house. Occupy Wall Street. But he dwelled in, in the tombs, hung around the graveyard, the dark side. When Jesus 
And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? Did these demons know who Jesus was? Man, they nailed it. They knew who the saved are. They knew who the unsaved are. They know exactly who Jesus is. There's one time, we'll get to that later in our study, but when they were testifying as who Jesus was, Jesus told the demons, shut up. I don't want you testifying of who I am. Keep your mouth shut. That I beseech thee, torment me not. Now these are the demons that are speaking. Again, next week we'll get into how demons can speak. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, and oft times it had caught him, and and he was kept bound with chains and fetters. We're going to talk about how demons are very powerful, they're very strong. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. So here is this demoniac. Does the Lord Jesus have compassion upon him? Absolutely. I love this story. This is, this is an awesome story. We're going to end with this story tonight. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? Now, Jesus isn't talking to the man. He's talking to the demons that were possessing this man. What is thy name? And this, I'm say this demon, these demons speak and say, Our name is Legion. The last I knew, a legion represented 6,000 in the military. 6,000 fighting men was a legion in the Roman military. So we are legion. Could you imagine being possessed by 6,000 evil spirits? This poor guy. What he did to open himself to these demons is not told. But I want you to understand something. You stay away from the dark side. You stay away from those Ouija boards. You, you stay away from those satanic video games. Amen, preacher. I believe it's Deuteronomy 18, where it talks about witchcraft and sorcery. And I'm, I'm losing my names here. Drawing a blank. But the Bible says, these things shall not be named once among you. You have nothing to daughter. I'm going to tell you, Satan is trafficking in all this to our young people today. Through the internet, through the video games, through the books, literature, the public schools. It's all dark side stuff. Because many devils were entered into him, and they besought him that they would not command them that they would go into the deep, into this abyss, into the bottomless pit. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on a mountain, and they besought him that would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. He said, okay. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran vehemently down a steep place, into a lake and were choked off. Story doesn't end. 
When they that fed those swine, those pigs, they were owners, or at least caretakers of them. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled. And went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You see, that happens when you get saved. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. God just changes things in your life. They also, which saw it, told them by what means that he was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes roundabout besought him to depart from them. Jesus, get out of here. Scared him to death what Jesus had done. Just get out of here. For they were taken with great fear, and he, the Lord Jesus, went up into the ship. And I like this right here. Then he came back later. All right. So Jesus leaves. Listen, you want Jesus to leave? He'll leave. He'll not force you. Right? He's a gentleman. We don't want you here. Get out of here. They're afraid because of the transformation took place in this man's life. This isn't the end of the story. Now the man, out of whom the devils were departed, besought him that he might be with him. You can just see him begging Jesus, take me with you, I want to be with you. He's delivered. Remember when you got saved? How excited you were, man, I'm saved. Saying, return to thine own house and show how great things, uh, excuse me, but Jesus sent him away, return to thine own house, show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city He's now turned into a soul winner. He wants everyone to experience what he has just experienced, and that is the new birth in Christ. How great things Jesus had done unto him. But the story's not over yet. And it came to pass. It came to pass that when Jesus was returned, sometimes Jesus will give you a second chance. That when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. Is that not, like, awesome? Why did they all now want Jesus to come back? Because this man, this demoniac, had such a powerful, effective testimony that he drew others to Jesus. Well, we're halfway through our lesson tonight. I hate the clock. I wish we could just keep right on going. But our time is gone. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening 
at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.